You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, folks, welcome back to Lace Mountain with Flyer Basketball Podcast. That's right, back, me and Andy, another week, back-to-back weeks. Congratulations, student. <laughs> we made it. We're, we're making it. We're, we're like a month out from the tournament. We're getting there. We are, yeah, less than a month because, what say, it's February 10th. No, about a month because March 8th, I think, is the Mountain West Conference Tournament down in uh, right. Vegas over at, um, what should we call it, um, Thomas and Mac, the T&M. All right, so here's where we get to today. We have... The basketball people bless us with great stuff to talk about right before we go on the show about a couple hours ago. Because here's where we get to tonight. Uh, MWR.com's website. So if you don't know what that is and you found us, awesome. Thank you. So just go check out MWR to get whatever you want for basketball, football, random Olympic stuff since that's going on. But, we're, yes, we're going to talk about people complaining to us on Twitter because that's always funny, Andy, because I like doing that. I know um, you do. I know you do. It, it, hey. <laughs> I'm going to defend with an iron fist because I'm not wrong. And I you, never you, said you, you were me. wrong. I never said it. I just no, said, I, I know you like doing it. That's all I said. It, it's <laughs> Some people are built for it. Some it, people are built for it. I love the, intera- I love the interaction. That's what, that's what I like here. But we're getting to some stuff about a particular game last week. Wow. It's awesome. We'll get to them, obviously. And then the big topic, which... Who brought it up in our DMs? Was it Josh? Or what did Josh? Was it that first brought to our attention? Where 
maybe, just maybe, if you're not on an ESPN contract, the BPI, which is an official metric to choose NCAA at large teams or, or C teams, may not rank you high enough or high, where you may, might should be or you think you should be in relative to the KPI, the net, Ken Palm. Um, that's pretty explosive if that's the case. I don't know if that's the case, though. We will see. Yeah. So let's get to, we'll get that's to the fun stuff first. That's an interesting one. Yeah. It's, I wish I had a better soundboard or something to play like the Unsolved Mysteries theme <laughs> or some random scary music. Because, well, you'll get my opinion at the end of the day what I really think is going on, but it's very coincidence. Yeah, we'll see. But there's some, there's some tinfoil hat stuff, but there's also, you know, there's always a little truth beneath the tinfoil, right? Possibly, because you know how <laughs> computer rankings are made by humans, right? It's like oh, it's yeah. not a purely like you your own DPI stuff. Oh, I, sh- stuff I, I sure do, and I have all sorts of bias in terms of you know what I choose to look at. I mean, yeah. every 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 research is biased in a in a way, right? By just even deciding on a, a subject that is important that you'll study by saying, I'm going to look at these factors and, you know, not those ones. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it'll like, be interesting to look at this specific one, though, and, and a specific uh, trend that has been creeping in. We'll see. So here's what I want to talk about. Colorado State, San Diego State last week. Yeah. That was – and also, let's pre, pre, preface this. Yeah, not preface. Preface this. Officiating has not been good in the Mountain West this year. Well, or officiating hasn't, yeah, okay. I was going to say, officiating really hasn't been good in a lot of places this year. And pretty consistently, it seems like every game I watch at some point during that game, the Twitter timeline fills up with, you know, people complaining. Um, I do think there's a little bit of not self-fulfilling prophecy necessarily, but I think you know, people keep telling themselves it's a problem, and then every next time it happens, it's now a, somehow a bigger problem. I don't think the calls are getting more egregious. They might be piling up more. I think we're just getting less tolerant of it, um, which, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not saying that's wrong either. Uh, I just don't know necessarily. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be. I'm wrong a lot. So uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to the refs and, and to go you know, I, I should always give the disclaimer anytime I talk about refs. Uh, my dad was a, a high school basketball ref. So I don't, you know, always think that they're right or anything, but I do, I am an apologist, I suppose. So, you know, it's, take whatever I say with a grain of salt. I officiate one of the more difficult sports out there. The pe- level pending where I'm at. Yes, I do. I was actually in California this weekend doing that at oh, a pretty yeah. good tournament. And so I, it doesn't matter what level I do. I'll do little kids. I'll do high school. I started doing a little bit of college stuff recently, or eventually I get just whatever. I'll get to doing certain games. Here's what I figured out, and an experienced experience guy told me a long time ago. Because a couple of things I know about coaches, and it's probably for any sport, basketball, football, you would think, Andy, the coaches should know the rules front and back, right? Uh, I'll play along with you and say, yes, I do think that. They should. They should. <laughs> yeah, they should. They should, yeah. They, right. No, they don't, because there's typically three. There's three sets of rules: the actual rules that the official knows. And I actually had to pass my test like two days before, so when people are calling me out on a couple of things. I'm like, stop it. There's Coach A and Coach B has their own rule book essentially as well. We're going out there like a 16 year old who just got his license, and you're just like, no, everybody, <laughs> yeah. I know the rules of the road. 
I love exactly. it. I love it. Yeah. But so I, I do some, a couple of things. Like for me, I did like 20 games a weekend. A lot of games. Not a huge, uh, it was fine. But there's always like, you think you're doing a good job because no, there's always bickering like, what is this or watch for this because angles are different from where the coach sits or from where the officials are on the court or what I'm doing walking across the pool. There's always different angles from where what I could see and what they could see. They're across the court. Like, can a coach, it's like the, what was the game this year? Was it CSU Utah State? The referee came from like mid court to make a weird call across the other end by the free throw line. Oh, uh, or was, was that definitely, it, def- it was. Yeah, Saint it was Utah State. State, St. Mary's, that's right. Because it was yeah. definitely Justin Bean. Was the yeah, was just, called. he came yeah. out of nowhere from the far side of the court to call a foul. I'm like, that's from not out, I mean, it was, and it was like, it was so much worse. It was made so much worse by television because yeah. he came from out, out of the, from out of the picture. <laughs> he comes just dashing in from the right side of your screen. And it's like, oh, my God. You know, he's probably only a step or two out of the frame. But it looks yeah. like he's coming from a mile away. Yeah. It's just so, that optics. So it's like yeah, when I do oh, stuff in the yeah. pool. There are certain areas like they're think of it like front court, back court basketball. There's a front court official who watches stuff in front of the cage, in front of the goal, or the back court where you're watching like six, seven meters away, like that sure. type of area. It's like your position you're watching. I don't feel comfortable sometimes calling stuff way down the other end of the pool because why would you call it? Because your angle is probably not as good unless it's like super obvious, like a injury or safety. Oh, that's a foul, whatever. But point being. Going throughout the day, doing fine, doing well. Coaches always mimic, hey, watch this, watch this. Because I, I, I know a guy who coached and ref. He's like, hey, he talked to me after the game. I was just talking to you to see if I can get something from you. Because after doing the work at the ref, trying to figure stuff out. So I think you're doing a good job. And Tiller is just one guy who's like every call. So I'm like, it's not a bad thing to be questioned about what you're doing. Because maybe that official was doing something wrong or they're not sure. But when they complain and complain and complain, I'm like, stop it. Just leave me alone. But I've been in the same scenario where it's like end of the game. Like I actually had one same example as the CSU San Diego State thing. End of the quarter. So basic example, if there's a foul and water pool, you get like a free pass like in soccer where you have, it's not necessarily as long, but you, the defense has to give you space to make a play essentially to be able to have, uh, second or two, like you're trying to make a pass and defender lunges at you. There, it's like an, they're excluded for like a penalty in hockey. You go to the corner for about 20 seconds in this case. So there's one end of the quarter. I let him shoot. It's like, yeah, was it probably he interfered? He missed. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm not going to call. Probably should have. I like, guess the buzzer goes off, but I did. It's like, whatever. But in the CSU standing goes thinking, the guy goes up. He's, tr- here's the thing too. If you're trying to draw a foul, I don't want to reward that. Like it's the Reggie Miller thing, kicking his feet out or James Harden right now in the NBA when they made some Justin rules where they're trying to draw contact or flopping essentially. Same type of deal. Or in my case, the water pool, they're swimming. Oh, the guy's going to pull me back. They'll just sink and basically give themselves up. Uh, do not reward that garbage. You know what I mean? It's like you have to make a play. And so at the end of the game, I have no problem not calling the foul at the end, or what they call at the end of the game. I don't have an issue with that because why would you do it? And the funny thing is, this goes back to our Twitter mentions because me and our buddy Matt Kennedy mentioned because San Diego State shot 30% in that game, right? Am I correct on that, Andy? I believe so, yes. So do you think it's inappropriate to say shoot better than 30% and that play had no impact? Um, Is that too harsh? It's not harsh. You're not answering the, the art, you know, the, the point that whether the call, you know, 
is it a good call or a bad call? Don't shoot 30% is not really an answer to that question. It It is. It won't come down to that, though. It wouldn't come down to that scenario I, if you shoot better. Sure, but, you know, uh, it did come down to that scenario, and, and then a thing happened. So, you know, I understand people get salty uh, about that, and especially when they feel like, you know, they're not – that their argument isn't valid, uh, that, you know, that sort of thing happens. I get it, but at the same time, you know, I don't know what they, I don't know what people are really expecting. I mean, everybody wants the, the world always to, you know, uh, see their, their side of the case and, you know, I, yeah, I, just sure. felt, I, I mean, it, like, I, I just—it's not that big of a I deal. I was fine with no call. I mean, it, it is a big deal to to these fans. It is a big deal to to those teams. I shouldn't say it's not a big deal. It's the game deciding call. Me neither. But I'm not saying like the call was close of what you want to decide. Either way, it would have been fine in my opinion. Even like BJ Range, other guys right. come in, but it's funny thing is they'll pile on people like, oh, he's important because he does this or that. I'm like, and they'll come pile on us. That, I'm just complaining because people arguing about Twitter. That's what I'm getting at here. But the play itself. I could I could totally make an argument that was a foul or that was not a foul and that beat obviously not a shot like Matt Bradley missed the layup and he goes up it's like it's a spot where the officials in a, in a crappy spot anyways if they don't here well, let me back up in basketball I know the rule like oh we're not going to call a foul at the end of the game unless it's pretty bad I don't think that was bad enough to call a foul it could have been a foul yeah if it's ten minutes earlier maybe but I felt eh, I could go either way on it if it's a foul or not. But I think the again, I get if you're asked to call, we lost, but they made a good comeback because they were down in that game, and it's one of the better games and better two better teams. Like they'll probably play again in the conference tournament. It'll be an amazing game to see, and hopefully, I don't want it to come down to a call or non-call. You know what I mean? Like right. you hear fans all say, just let the players decide it, and then when the players decide it, where's my foul? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you can't have it both ways. And, yeah, yeah. And my point being. I didn't you put in our message like there's been like eight wins of teams that shot thirty percent or worse in one. I don't, I don't think remember. I did that. I don't somebody, know. Somebody you're did that. you're in the conversation. Oh, you came in like maybe maybe it's somebody else. But it's like here's the thing about what we run on our site here. This is again back to us because this is what I like to talk about, Andy, because it's more fun sometimes. Just oh, yeah. because our old motto when me and Chris Hondras used to do this show all the time was we're biased against your team, which is hilarious if you get the joke because there's 12 teams or 11 teams depending what sport in the conference right and so i put comments well if we say something good about San Diego state and their or csu and their win we're conversely saying something bad about San Diego state and their loss they right. i think people want i think are you the same way as me where if you're talking about your oregon state team do you want to be super positive all the time but i want to be the best oh this is always great nothing's wrong or Give me a realist approach to it to tell me what's good and what's not good, but still show some optimism. But then, oh, maybe they need to do better in certain situations. Yeah. What do you want I to hear mean, if you're reading or listening about your team? I think I don't want to be smoke at me. I, would you like? Can I? All right. So Sorry. Uh, well, no, you're, you're fine. Um, I I like to you know like you said hear that realist opinion. I don't like when it gets overly pessimistic at all. You know, which is what a lot of I'm not. Accusing our side of doing that, but you know, a lot of yeah. um, single team focused things can get like that, <laughs> right? Because everybody, and, and I say this as a Blazer fan going through the worst week in history oh ever my. by any team ever, right? I'm sorry. It, everything, everything is worse when it's happening to you, 
right? You know, and that's just mm-hmm. a human that's a human nature kind of thing. Um and that gets really exacerbated in sports, right? The the calls that happened against you were way worse than any other calls every anywhere. And that's just objective fact. There's no bias in that statement at all, you know. It's just I know. it really is if you look at it um and the cases get pled and you know, I I feel like there is this idea that we should replace these people with people who could do it better. And my question is, where are those people? Oh. I haven't met them yet. They aren't around that I can see. So just stop whining so much, everybody. Yeah. Um, myself too. I'm pro- I'm sure I whine. I'm whining about whining right now. So I should probably shut up. But I think all of us would ah. feel a little better all the time if we maybe just took what happened and rolled with the punches and complained about it a little less. I understand. Like, came from behind. That was a controversial call at the end. No doubt. There's other calls throughout the game that were kind of weird and questionable. As it has been all year, we, in our DMs, like, oh, what's this call? Or this blah, blah, blah. It's like, come all on. All year. Like, it's in versus, versus Boy Stan, like, what, four of his, I think he fell out with, like, four charges or something, four of his five fouls for charges. <sighs> I mean, it's hard to keep track at this point. There was the game where Graham E.K. and Ron, uh, David Roddy fell, you know, Fouled out on consecutive charges within like 30 seconds of each other. Um, you know. My point being, don't take sports too seriously. That's why I tell people we're having yeah. fun. And. Right. Exactly. It's, it's, it just goes back, back to like, oh, what team hates to say? Is it San Diego State this week? Utah State football fans like us. We barely post 100% Boise State if you haven't seen Andy as well. Or it's just, it's a rotating cast and. What we told people, we, we only get a couple hundred people to listen every time. So whatever, if they, people won't hear this or whatnot, but we're just kind of having fun. We joke. It's just for burrito and guacamole money. And people are like, well, unfollow enough to be as in depth as it would be great covering team. Well, we have yeah. fun. Yeah. We're going to joke around. We tell like this. I don't hate any team in the conference. I There's maybe fan bases that can annoy me at time to time, but I don't care if any team is great or not great. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't impact me one bit if New Mexico goes over in basketball or if San Jose State wins a conference. I want cool stories and interesting sure. things to talk about. about. Yeah, and well, and that's the, the thing that kind of happens with that sometimes, I think, is, you know – uh, sometimes these cool stories happen at the same schools over and over again, and then it, it can feel like you are only looking at them maybe. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's an accident that Boise State is the one that, you know, there's accusations of you know, bias. Right, because Boise State football has kind of been the, the flag carrier for the Mountain West, or at least, you know, on the football side. Yeah, and they've been, um, it's been taking a small step back, but yeah, it's also on our staff. We have like four yeah, guys who do San Diego right. State. We have none, none that do New Mexico or UNLV or, and very little. We have guys like our buddy Larry or our buddy uh, Sean who does stuff now with the, was it, Field of 68, stuff like that as well, where it's like, yeah. they'll cover like four or five different teams. You right. would do, when you wrote more, you would kind of do, oh, what's available? Write about Boise State or I went to freaking University of Utah, not in the conference anymore. It's like, come on. It's always fun and, that's part of it too. It's all cyclical, but just, just relax, have fun. Twitter. 
two percent of the population's on Twitter and we're complaining ninety six percent of the time. But should we talk to Cowboys? The Pokes? Uh yeah, I think I think we should. I mean the twenty sixth best team in the nation according to the AP. Mm-hmm. Not not top twenty five, not quite quite there yet. They had 80, 82 votes. Uh, Xavier edged them out by nine by nine votes. Who were they? So I Xavier, I don't know. I think it's one of the X Men. Um, <laughs> Professor X. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's not Wolverine. Um, that would be Michigan. Let's see. So yeah, exactly. yeah, Wyoming is coming off of a very good week. Um, really, they've had pretty dang good season altogether. Uh, they are the first ones in the Mountain West across the 20-win plateau, which good for them, although, you know, that does include the win over Hastings. So not quite to 20. Hey, counts, well, not actually. Not actually, no. no <laughs> so, so actually, to correct you, uh, those <laughs> ones don't, not at the end of the year uh, for the NCAA team sheets. Uh, but yeah, Wyoming, so let, let's look at what they did. These last four games in a row, right? So Colorado State beat them at home in overtime. Then they beat Boise State at home by seven. Split the series. To split that series, yes, to avenge their only, uh, Mountain West loss too, which, you know, is always important to do. Uh, and then, you know, they go to the Save Mart Center for, which is a, a tough place now, man. And and they, they beat Fresno State by two points. And then they they go back home and they beat Utah State by two points. I mean, and that that's just a really it was a really, really fun game and they, they Hey Jeff Linder getting kicked out in the first minute. Is that that's funny? Gosh, that's yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh that was very fun as well. Uh you know, I was referring a little bit more to things like okay. Graham Graham UK's twenty eight and twelve. But, you know, you're right. How about Drake, Drake Jeffries, you know, just three-point shooter guy, right, with 13 defensive rebounds? <laughs> kind of a, a wild one there. I didn't expect that. I mean, he rebounds pretty well, but uh, he's never been in double figures before. Uh, so him just all of a sudden popping out with 13 rebounds was kind of an eye-popping double-double there. Uh, I suppose it was an overtime game, and there were, you know, yeah. quite a bit of misses and stuff, but... Yeah, I mean, it was him. Well, also to be fair, Drake Jeffries was on the floor 45 minutes, so. The whole entire game, uh, yeah. The entire game, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Wyoming right now, they, they've played themselves from like plucky upstart to like, ooh, we gotta take these guys seriously to, you know, then they lost to Boise State and it was like, oh, okay, whatever, they're going away. Right? They, it was cool. like, you know, like a DePaul start or something like that, right? Now the wheels are gonna come off. All it takes, you know, it happens to DePaul sometimes. They start like 12 and 2. They get into the Big East. They might even win their first Big East game. And then as soon as they lose one, it's like they lose seven in a row. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that I expected that to happen, but it's, it was in the back of my mind as a possibility. You know, I'm an Oregon State Beavers, uh, supporter from, from growing up, right? And I've seen that sort of thing happen a lot of times in conference play when you are perennially one of the weaker teams in the conference. Um, those hot starts can happen when you schedule just right, and then you get into league play, and everything just kind of goes to pieces. That hasn't really happened. 
Um, they've had so many close games where you think about they it have. because they beat them. I'm staring here, 93-91 versus yeah. Mexico, which is like, yeah. what is going on? But multiple single-digit victories, which it may come back to bite them, it may not, because it may. every game since, since that San Jose State win has been a, what's that, nine game, eight, eight or nine games, has been a single-digit victory or defeat. And so that's a little little concerning. And well, we talked about this before. The close but, wins, but you're getting to win, so who cares? Essentially. Yeah. That's well, that's true. So this is very similar to what's going on with Providence right now uh, out in the Big East. Uh, and one and one of the big things, I mean, they they are 20 and two. They don't have a lot of great resume wins from a uh, you know the net and everything standpoint, but they're tw- they're 20 and freaking two. They're 10 and one in their conference, and they're in the Big East. You know. So they're definitely in the tournament, but, you know, are they a top four seed? Some people are saying, yeah, maybe not. Um, I, I think that they probably should be at this point. I mean, at a certain point, uh, I don't know. I'll leave the bracketology to better bracketologists. This is why I got out of that game. But yeah, it's why, but the, the big thing with Providence and Wyoming is also the same. They both rank in the top ten of the Ken Pomeroy luck um factor here and as our our buddy john pointed out to us um we talked about ken palm luck uh, a couple weeks ago and i think we talked about how we weren't quite sure what the components were you know what went into it and a big one that went into it um is expectation performance versus expectation that's what it was (laughs) not just how well it's so it's not just blowouts, right? If you blow out a team by twenty that you were supposed to blow out by twenty, you don't get extra credit for that. It's, if you yeah, blow out yeah. a team by twenty that you were supposed to be by five, that's different. So you know that's the blowouts have to be. Uh, you know, I was I was over here advocating for just blowouts above all else. That's how San Diego State yeah. more, or Boise State was it? I don't know. Somebody wanted more love, and I said blowouts were the way to get it. I think it was Boise State. But it just it gets expectation. If you're favored, by, if you're an underdog by four and lose by one, it's a better luck factor essentially because you weren't supposed to do that. It's been out, outperforming or underperforming expectations. I think right. that's the best way to put it. So Wyoming is eighth in that metric. Providence is first. Okay. So and Wisconsin and Wisconsin is third. So Wisconsin's another team that was kind of not expected to do a whole lot coming into the season. Maybe get to the tournament, but you know, whatever. Um and suddenly they're 19 and 4, but the the metrics are a little slow on them, they're a little slow on Providence, they're a little slow on Wyoming maybe, or maybe, you know, maybe everybody else is getting ahead of themselves just cuz they're seeing those gaudy re- win-loss records. And so, you know, I'm I'm not trying to say that I don't believe in any of those three teams. I, I, they, they just are all very much in the same kind of predicament where they have a lot of wins. People seemingly don't really seem to trust them and they all seem to rank very highly in this Ken Palm luck factor. And I, you know, I wonder how much that has to do with it or if those two things were already happening, you know, it's just a coincidence. Um, or if people are seeing that they're ranked so highly in the luck and saying, oh, well, then they must just be lucky. Um, I think Wyoming's really damn good. So, Are they the that, clear best team? Um, Is there a clear best team? Because they split I don't know that the, I don't know that there is one clear best team. I, I, if I had to pick one, gosh, 
I would say maybe I would probably go with Wyoming right now. I I think so. So the problem is Wyoming doesn't have a true point guard. That's fair. Um, we hear we are our buddy Jesse saying that all the time. Uh, yeah, give me a point guard. Come on. He's not a pure point guard, but they're doing so great. You know, I don't think he's not. As far as I'm reading it, it's not necessarily as a you know. Um, a knock. It is and it isn't. Uh, if teams were to play him like a, a pure point guard and really give put a little ball, a lot of ball pressure on him, you know, he does struggle a little bit in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, he is. If you're looking at what is a point guard supposed to do, and if it's facilitate the offense and make sure that the team scores points every time down, whatever that means, score them yourself or make get an assist. Um, Hunter Maldonado is doing that really, really well. You know, he's number four. Just positionless basketball. Who cares? Right? Well, he's number fourteen in the country in assist rate. So it's like, you know, is he not a pure point guard? No, he's not really. I mean, it's hard to call him one when he didn't play point guard all last year. You know what I mean? And, and when he was really, you know, more of like with with a guy six seven two oh three, it's hard to put people, you know, in places like you said, the positionless basketball. What is David Roddy? You know, he's yeah. Kind of a point guard too, and a center, and everything else. Speaking of that, speaking of David Roddy, by the way, uh, phenomenal piece from uh, our buddy Kevin Sweeney at Sports Illustrated this week. Uh, a really good profile on David Roddy went into you know he was uh, Kevin was actually at the Colorado State San Diego State game recently, um, so a couple scenes from that talking about Roddy's you know recruitment and stuff like that is pretty good stuff. Um, but so I oh, think sorry, Wyoming. I oh, I was just gonna say I think Wyoming is. I think that Hunter Maldonado is that same type of versatile player where you say he's not a true point guard, and it's true he's not a true point guard. It's because he's kind of a true all around player. Uh, he can do it all. But this isn't the first time he's really been asked to be the the main ball handler guy either. Uh, the 2019-20 season when they didn't have Marcus Williams yet, when Justin James was out the door. I mean, that's he did the same thing for a lot of the year. Um, you know, you had A.J. Banks too, I guess. But, you know, Hunter Maldonado. And, and that year he was a top 100 guy in assist rate. So, you know, he showed that he could do it. Then he stepped into a different role last year. And then he came back into this role, which is, you know, more – what do you point for? We're still figuring out all the terminology and stuff, but he's a freaking basketball player, man. You know how that's you know, all I need. Yeah, put the ball in the hoop, right? Play defense, guy. pass it. Yeah, exactly. What do you need done? That's what he does, and that and that's what makes him hard to guard. Or, or I mean, it's like how do you defend this guy when he can post you up, he can pass the ball, he can just shoot it. It's like it's an all-around basketball player. Size matters to a degree, but if you're like six seven, it's like that can be. If you really want to, a small power forward type player, just not a center, essentially. Well, yeah, but, I mean that that game Wyoming Colorado State with that mm-hmm. uh, that had the offensive fouls at the end, back and forth. Yeah. After Graham Ike got his, Hunter Maldonado was the one who was posting up David Roddy down low, and Hunter <laughs> exactly. Maldonado is the one who picked up the offensive foul, or you know the, he picked up the charge against Roddy. So, you know, he both of those guys, I think should be the front runners for the player here in the conference. Um, and gosh, I, both of them would be real, real deserving. I think. 
this is interesting, like, who the best team is because in college basketball, we need players. Like, team basketball works to a degree, but you want, like, I age myself, like, you want Wally Zerbiak or Jerry McNamara shooting points and scoring. That's how you can go far, but you need team basketball, too. Like, the reason I'm saying that, Boise State, like, we know who Wyoming has, we know who CSU has, we know who State has, Fresno is Rolando Robinson, Justin yeah. Bean. Like, Boise's, not that you need it, but it's kind of helpful because I don't know if I'd, it's, it sounds like I'm disrespecting them because they've lost one game in the league play. They've been playing quite well. Is there a guy on their team like, hey, give them the ball because they have four guys who scored double, double digit in points. I mean, like, it could be a key job there. He's pretty good, really good, 14 and 70 game and almost blocks and steals the almost two. So it's, what do you, that's why I could put them in Are you the asking? Team. Are you asking who to give the ball to uh, in, like, crunch yeah, time like, for Boise State? Well, I just mean, like... Because you give it to Marcus guy. Shaver, because apparently he hits every buzzer beater possible. Okay, that's, buzzer beater. That's, 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 you know what I'm getting at. Like, I need a guy to give me 22 points tonight because we are we need that guy to put up points. At the same and time, Shaver, if you're a team who doesn't have... It's a lot harder to game plan for a team that doesn't have one guy that you can just key on. That's a good yeah. It's and so they're, 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 they're a whack-a-mole point. Okay, sorry. They're, but they're, they're a whack-a-mole team. Which is good, because they have five guys who are almost at 10 points a game. Well, I guess, sorry, I shouldn't include Devon Reyes as a, whatever. But that's, it's like, what's, what do you, what do you consider more for a better team? Elite player and a bunch of good guys, but it's, it's not a different team. If you have five guys to score 10 points a game, who are you going to stop? One guy's going to have 17, one guy may have three. It's like it all combines the same, so. I don't. It makes me sound like I don't want Boise State at the top, like, but their record is what it is, and they're playing that well. I just well, it's just because you're biased against Boise State. Well, clearly, bring that back again. Yes, but <laughs> you're you're but, you're both biased for Boise State and against them. You understand this, right? right. <laughs> Get out of here, no, uh, But like, but they they are different. They're because, a different type of team because play different ways. Like you said, star right. player, whack-a-mole. San Diego State plays more defense than offense. Clearly, that's no no new thing here. So it's like, what do you have? Let me ask you about Utah State because they've come on. They were two and five, I think, two weeks ago. They're six and six. Are they like a threat in your opinion? Or sorry, six and five in the league play? Or no, no, that's sorry. They're six and six now. Yeah. Yeah. Are they a threat in the league because they had that weird bad stretch, but they've won, I believe, three or four. Well, here's what I think would be good for Utah State to do. Um, I think they should get the five seed. I think they should really try to get that five seed and stay out of those first games because clearly uh, they they lost to Air Force <laughs> and the, I I don't want to see them do it again. I think that would be a disappointing end to Justin Bean's career. So saying that, I think Utah State. I see them as a step back from. Wyoming and Boise State and Colorado State. I think Utah State is probably a step back a little bit, maybe, maybe a half step back. I'm not sure what to do with San Diego State right now. They're they go a little to bit of a perplexing team. Yeah, so I'll know more about that on Tuesday on, on where those two teams are at. Uh, I imagine, I mean, so, so Utah State beat San Diego State a, a couple weeks ago pretty badly. Yeah. Uh, Utah State fans were very happy about that because, uh, they the show, the, the show account was, you know, doing what the show account does on Twitter for SDSU student section and then they sort of disappeared and Utah State fans took advantage of that. Um, 
hey, that was, you know, that was, that was a great win. And that was the start of a five game win streak. That's what turned it around for them. Right. And then they, they, they go and they beat Nevada, Air Force, San Jose State, UNLV. Okay. You're supposed to win those games. Uh, and they lose in overtime at, at Arena Auditorium. I mean, they almost got that thing. So yeah, I mean, I think Utah State is, you know, dangerous or whatever, but they also lost four games in a row, you know, against Colorado State, Wyoming, Fresno State, and Boise State. So I think that putting them in the 5-6 range is right about where they fit in this league right now. Um, I think five would be better for them, obviously, Mountain West tournament-wise. I could see them, though, yeah. staying behind uh, Fresno State as well, who is kind of on that same pedestal as San Diego State at the moment for me. Um, yeah. But I, I, I sort of see a top three a little bit. I know that the records, you know, Boise State and Wyoming are clearly separated by the records um, with a talent like David Roddy. And um, Isaiah Stevens has taken a little bit of a step back in conference play. That's, you know, some of his numbers have dropped off uh, a little bit. Not that he's bad or, you know, anything like that. Um, but – Sometimes the team is is porous enough on defense that they really can't afford the offense to not be clicking uh, as well with it. Although they did win a 58-57 game against San Diego State, where the offense wasn't really, you know, uh, I would say clicking all that well. So I don't. Know, I just think that Colorado State really is in that top three tier. Like before, I just like ramble off and don't actually make my point. Um, no. Colorado State, I think, no. is actually in that top three tier with Boise State and Wyoming. San Diego State needs to show a little bit more, I think, uh, before I could really feel great about putting them there. They are the number one rated defense in Ken Palm, which, hey, that means something sometimes. Um, but when you're the number 239th ranked yeah. offense, it means just a little less. When you are like number 303rd ranked yeah. in two pointers, when you're 201st ranked in three pointers, when you're 281st ranked in free throws, um, it's just not good. When you're non-steal turnovers, you're 273rd in that. Guys, what are you doing? You're killing them. They're dead. Stop it. <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, but the, but the Drive, defense, no, again, no. the defense yeah. is the number one ranked defense in the country. Again, the number one out of 358 teams. So, you know, yes, the offense, putrid, fine. I'm not sure you're going to find a lot of San Diego State fans arguing that you're wrong about that. But they're doing the same thing that Boise State is in terms of, all all gas no breaks on defense um and the opposite on offense all breaks but Boise State's yeah. you know a top 150 on offense at least they're they're pedestrian right they're slightly above average they are you know fine which is all you really need to be but San Diego State is bad on offense right now and that's that, the problem like that's the problem average. if right. they were average they'd be the best team by far in the conference I'm not exaggerating, I don't think. If they were a top 120 in most, say they're out of all the offensive stats, they're about 120-ish, they, I think they'd be the best team by far in the conference. And it's not close. Yeah, I mean, it's... Just be okay. All just, I say is just be okay. Just be a little okay, yeah. Um, it's not impossible to be good with stats like this, but this is like... Virgin- this is This is like Virginia stuff. 
This is lost to UMBC, right? Essentially. Well, you know, it, it plays into it. Let's take a look at that for, real quick, though, because um, that's a, a common misconception. Virginia's offense was actually the 30th ranked offense that year. They were good when they had three point shooters. Virginia, since that DeAndre Hunter and Kyle Guy and uh, Jerome, uh, Ty Jerome. Uh, once those guys left, that's when the offense ceased to be the, you know, juggernaut, the, the very efficient, slow, efficient juggernaut that it was. Um, you know, but in the 2020, 2019-20 year, the one that we didn't have a NCAA tournament for, Mm -hmm. Virginia was seen to be, you know, very down that year, uh, and kind of backed in into the tournament, maybe at the end, had there been one. But, you know, they were, again, they were the 234th ranked offense that year and first in defense. It's just not a, it's not a great idea to be bad at something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, obviously. But think about it this way. <laughs> I remember when, I remember watching when they had Xavier Thames and lost the Florida Gulf Coast as they, to whatever seed they were. Oh, right, right, I right. Here's and Xavier Thames and guys like that where here's the problem. Your defense is elite. If your defense has any sort of struggle at all, your offense can't bail you out at ever, almost right. never. And okay, so, if so you're the best yeah. defense in the country, and you, let's say they're just the for that night, they're number one right now. Let's say they're the fortieth best defense, still really good, but their offense is still two something. They there's a chance they lose the game because the defense is just okay and not awesome, not even okay, a well above average. Right. Well, can, can I give you a couple fun a couple fun data points from the past? Of course. All right, so I'm looking right now on Ken Palm for number one rated defenses. Um... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And, you know, just looking for some teams who are outside, who finished the season number one in defense, um, but finished outside the top 150. So let's just take a look and see um, those teams. So one of those was that Virginia team that I was just complaining about. Um, who probably would have gotten into the tournament, but I don't know how they would have done. They, they, they struggled a little bit. They were 23 and seven. Um, but they were also, you know, they were, they ended the, the season on an eight game winning streak. So that kind of bumped things up a little bit for them, but they struggled earlier on in the season. 
Um, let's see, going back a little further, we can go to 2010. Um, USC had the number one defense, number 267 offense. That USC team finished 16 and 14, number 77 in Kempom. They did not make the tournament after losing their last five games of the season. Bleak. That's not a good one. You don't, you don't like that if you're a team with that kind of stat profile. Uh, just a little bit further back in history, we got 2006, Iowa, number one defense in the land, which seems weird because they don't <laughs> play, play that way anymore. Uh, they got a number three seed with the number 154th best offense in the land, which is a little closer to Boise State territory, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they lost in the first round to a 14 seed, Northwestern State. So not wow. a really a very great data point either. Uh, the year before that, 2005, Washington State, uh, number one defense in the country, number 264 on offense, 12 and 16, um, flamed out in the first round of the Pac-12 or Pac-10 tournament, sorry, did not make the NCAA tournament, obviously, at 12 and 16. Um, San Diego State's not that bad, right? They're not going to be under 500 at the end of the year. Um, but something tells me that they're, you know, they're going to get into the tournament and they're going to, I think they're going to get into the tournament anyway. And <laughs> we'll they, might, they might struggle. We'll see, though. We'll see. I am kind of taking that a little bit for granted. They do need to win, uh, keep winning, and, and their defense can let them do that, right? I mean, Air Force probably won't overpower them offensively. Utah State... <laughs> I think that they can handle Utah State at home in Viejas. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but then they go on the road to Fresno State and Boise State, and those are both going to be hard. And they still have away games at Wyoming and Nevada left. So San Diego State, it, it's not like they're cruising to the end here. They got to they gotta put in some work at 6-3 and three right now. They got to put in a little work to, to make sure that they do get in. Is it too far-fetched to say that Fresno State could win the conference tournament? Oh heck, is that, no. is that too far no, of a bridge across? That's, that's not too far to say at all. I mean, the Mountain West tournament is awesome, number one, and so crazy stuff happens awesome. sometimes. It's going to be great. Um, Orlando Robinson can take over games, uh, but aside from Orlando Robinson, the rest yeah, of that definitely. team is really good. I mean, Orlando Robinson is there's. I mean, there's not a whole lot aside from him. He's you know the number eight player in the nation in terms of usage rate. So. Uh, yeah. He's definitely the the main guy there, but like Dion Stroud, I I love that he came over from UTEP, um, kind of did the reverse Rodney Terry, went from UTEP <laughs> to Fresno State, and and I, I like what he brings on both ends of the court, um, and obviously his highlight dunks are awesome, but you know he comes off the bench, Isaiah Hill, uh, Jordan Campbell, former Beaver legend Jordan Jordan Campbell. A uh, big fan of of him and Isaiah Hill. Anthony Holland, I think, is a lot of fun, too. Leo Colomario, um, he is a very interesting player because, you know, he's 6'7", 190. A lot of those wing, you know, bodied type guys, you expect him to be a little bit better on the, you know, on the outside, right? He's only taken 15 threes all year. He's only made four of them, but he has the number five in the country two point percentage. He's shooting 74% on his two, two pointers. So that'll do. 
Um, and for that reason, he's a top 50 guy in offensive rating. Anthony Holland, real quick, number seven in the country in offensive rating. Number seven. Number seven. He's shooting 42.5% from beyond the arc. He's shooting 57% on two-pointers. He's 85% free throw shooter. He just he just hits everything. He only turns the ball over 7.5% of the time. That's a top 20 rate. Anthony Holland is a guy who is just pure positivity flowing into this team. Uh, just does good sh- Good, good stuff uh, for the for the team all the time, and doesn't do bad things. He doesn't uh, miss. He doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't really foul very much either. He's got one of the lowest foul rates on the team. So um, Anthony Holland, just sort of unequivocally good for the Fresno State team, and and it's guys like that, those two guys, uh, and, and Isaiah Hill and Jordan Campbell, those guys around Orlando Robinson. A, that allow Robinson to be so good uh, because you can't completely leave those guys alone. They will hurt you. Um, and then when you do go to cover them, Orlando Robinson is just going to, you know, do Orlando Robinson things and be exactly. one of the most versatile players in the country and score from wherever the heck he wants um, and just, yeah, do do nasty things to you and you're just going to have to sit there and take it. So that that could happen three times in a row in the Mountain West tournament, and especially if they get the five seed, if they don't slip past, if they're able to stave off Utah State and stay in the five seed, and get one you know one fewer game to have to go through all of this, that's good. You like that, especially when yeah. there's not, especially when the five seed, you know, there's not a clear number one right now. So it's not like oh my god, it would be so much better to get Boise State than Wyoming. Um, Fresno State's kind of good on both sides of the ball, so yeah, they, they, they can handle either of those two teams. Well, yeah. I mean, they, so they, they did get swept by Boise, so maybe they don't want to see Boise. Yet. Well, the overtime game, the eight zero run, zero eight run, that was kind of weird. That how oh, that I know, happened. I know. I'm just, you know, they either. might not want to see. Was, uh, maybe they do want to see Boise State again, so they can you know get get one back on them. So let's get to the fun part. I don't have my unsolved mystery. I could play it from my phone, but I don't have time to find it. So we're talking about all this tournament stuff. Who's going to be where? Who's seated what? Mount West is looking like a potential four-bid league, possibly. Maybe. However, we're looking at – we got um, – was it Lucas who sent the stuff that kind of on Twitter started blowing up about the BPI not being fair to the Mountain West? Yeah. So um, my colleague over at Heat Check CBD. Allegedly. Allegedly. Sorry. Allegedly. So he presented some data. Um, Lucas Harkins over at, at Heat Check CBB. He, he presented some data that showed, uh, that the Mountain West specifically was not receiving much love from the two ESPN, uh, metrics, which are the, the BPI, the basketball, uh, power index and the SOR, the strength of record, which is an offshoot of the BPI. Both of them owned and developed by ESPN and their an- analytics team. And part of the team sheets to pick and see teams. Yes, they are two of the six um, metrics that are available on team sheets. So the other four being the NCAA's own net ranking, uh, the KPI or the Kevin Pauga Index, uh, Ken Pomeroy and Jeff Sagarin. Uh, Pomeroy and Sagarin are both predictive measures like the BPI is. They are designed to tell you um, – Basically, you know, who would win in a game between these two teams? 
uh, who's better per possession, looks at a lot of efficiency type of things in order to make those types of predictions. It does not care about wins and losses. Strength of record and KPI do the net. Uh, they do care about wins and losses exclusively, really. Uh, looking at your resume, the net, you know, the net is the net. It kind of looks at all of it a little bit. It looks at efficiency. It looks at wins and losses. I mean, it just kind of does what the heck it wants. I don't know what the net is. Um, check whatever infographic they put out this week about it. I'm sure they're putting out a new one to try to explain it again because it's not clear again to everybody what goes in it still. Anyway, anyway, jumping off my – because we're not attacking the net today. Actually, finally, we're not attacking yeah. the net. We're attacking a different one. We And this is fun because you and I – I mean – well, and not just you and I. You've been doing this since before I started playing the BPI game, right? Well, maybe the BPI game like freaking <laughs> rigged this whole time, and that's why. I know. So what Lucas Harkins found, to get, circle back to our point slowly, is that um, basically these the, – the Mountain West is receiving high rankings in places like – in both the Ken Palm where – the at-large contenders, which are the uh, Boise, Wyoming, San Diego State, Colorado State, and Utah State, not Fresno State, notably, uh, those five teams are averaged, at least uh, yesterday, uh, February 9th, they were averaging being ranked number 35 in the Kevin Palga Index, which is resume-based, and number 37 in the Ken Palm in, uh, you know, rankings, which are predictive. Now, 35 and 37, if you're an at-large, those are pretty good. And those, Especially, and those you know, are both predi- those are just one, clear, those are, right. for the audience, those are, and myself, as I say, the audience, those are both, yes. you said, predictive models, right? That's correct. Those, no, that's one of them is predictive oh, that's and right. one that's is right. resume. Yeah. So Ken Palm, they're really good, and so their predictive is good. And Kevin Palga, they're really good, and so their resume is good, Right. Yes. Not so fast, not if you ask ESPN, because ESPN says, no, they're not 35th in their resume, they're 55th. They're 20 spots lower, all those at-large teams, you know, at-large contenders from the Mountain West. So 20 spots lower based just on resume. For predictive models, 32 spots lower. The average rank for those five teams is 69.8. Not nice. Um, no, pretty, pretty bad. So yeah. Um, and, and it's not just those five, you know, the whole league wide, um, the BPI is about 42 spots lower than the Ken, than Ken Palm and the strength of record is about 35 spots lower than Kevin Pauga. So, and you know, Sagarin is closer. Sagarin's a little lower than Ken Palm is, but not neat. It's closer to Ken Palm than it is to BPI. Within 10, both of those at-large entire league. So let me ask you this real quick. We we may not have the answer right now because we're looking at just the Mountain West. We probably should do more research before we just shoot off the hip here because we found this within the past hour or two. Maybe you know it from looking at the college basketball on a bigger scale than I do. Is that difference, is this separation between the two predictive and resume-based similar to other conferences? Do you have any clue if that's the case? Like this type of disparity? So we're starting to to look into this. You know, Lucas is kind of spearheading this a little bit. He's our bracketology guy over there at Heat Check, and so he's kind of interested in 
you know, these because they're on the team sheets and this affects, you know, which teams are going to get selected more. Yeah. So we're starting to look at this a little bit on our end. And some of the early numbers that we are looking at looks like it's not just a uh, Mountain West problem, but other conferences like the Colonial, uh, the Patriot League and the Big East, they don't. Is it the Patriot League? Is that right? Uh, let's see. The Colonial. Right there, Bucknell's and Patriot League. Yeah, I'm just no, I'm just trying to think. Yeah, um, I think it's the Patriot League, the Colonial, and the Big East that don't play on ESPN. That's what I get to. They have one thing in common. Yeah. So they, uh, right? I guess I kind of spoiled that one, huh? Uh, that's a conspiracy theory. Is ESPN deflating numbers that that they don't, or yeah, deflating right, numbers that don't have a contract? Right, let's back up a second. Okay. So we're looking at these teams, and we so we saw that the the BPI. And the SOR made by ESPN is a lot lower on Mountain West teams. Looked a little further at some of the other conferences that don't have ESPN contracts either. Same goes. Um, those teams are also, those teams are more often, um, being affected negatively by the BPI. Whereas teams that have ESPN contracts, which is the vast majority of the league, of the, of the division one, 20, 28 out of 32 conferences have some contract with ESPN. Um, so the, those teams are more often either getting a, you know, it's, it's mostly positive. <laughs> it, it, what, Lee, let me ask you this then because this might be just a blip because it is odd, but it's all, it's, it seems like a coincidence, but also not. Because well, you're not because we. I don't want to say they're because I'm gonna just clarify. Not that anybody's gonna sue us or anything, but clarify like they're not necessarily negatively. I think this could be a little bit negatively affected because we don't know. Like, what are the West Coast Conference? They're not an ESPN. What are they looking like? They've been Gonzaga, clearly. But I'm just trying to put it out there. Like, I'm trying to play like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's not this. But the data you found, Lucas has found, and a little bit I've looked at. Bears to say there's some credence to that, that these ESPN stats are not being treated in the leagues as fair as you think they would, because the difference, there's going to be differences, right? They're not all sure. even. Well, so here's one, there's the other two, other yeah. four, the difference isn't as big. And so that's where it's like, what is going on here? Because there's a wide margin between those similar stats that we discussed. So it's like, it's looking that way, that there's something so, going on. Yeah, so the thing is, and when there's a big disparity, um, the big disparity seems like it's happening positively for teams that do uh, play on ESPN and negatively for teams that don't. So that's not great. Um, are there other considerations, though, besides just TV contract? Of course. Um, the, the real key here, there's probably not an out, you know, a variable in there that's ESPN or not ESPN, right? I doubt that they're that careless. Uh, it's just to, fun, to, to do that. It's like, uh, what I think, you know, I think there may, this, this could point out some problems with what's in there though. Um, the fact that there are this many big disparities between the other ones is also a little puzzling. You'd think that they would be maybe slightly closer. Um, you know, one thing that's been brought up a few times by Mountain West fans, you know, maybe trying to debunk this conspiracy theory is that the BPI does account for altitude in its, in its, um, predictive 
model. But uh, your buddy Jeff Spreadland, Spreadland said in one of the replies on Twitter here to Lucas. Yeah, and, and as they say in their own, you know, even back as far as 2016, they they said that altitude is a factor in these games, um, or you know, in the in these rankings. So, you know, Mount, the Mountain West obviously, as the name implies, plays in the mountains, and uh, <laughs> you know, and, and the the Patriot League and the 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 Colonial. Well, some of those teams might be. I don't know. I'm kind of speaking off the cuff here, but some of those teams are at least geographically somewhat close to the Appalachians. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they might be a, a little higher. So it could be a coincidence of altitude. You know, that, that, it could be as simple as that. Um, it, it could be that those conferences at the start of the year, they might put in some sort of conference wide uh ranking to kind of help to t- decide who's going to be good or bad and i don't know that espn bakes out their predictive th- well i i actually I, I know that it doesn't at least from what it said in 2016 it said the preseason rating however never fully disappears yeah. it holds predictive power and so they're basically saying look we decided before the season that some stuff was going to happen and we're not backing off of our you know whatever so if they predicted early in the season that the Mountain West was going to be bad for whatever reason, Wyoming, they were projected to be bad. Right. They were not projected to be good. And I know Bill Connolly does football stuff. He's a huge numbers guy. Does SP plus. He had the same thing. He, he asked like keeping preseason numbers in there is not uncommon, especially like we go back to the beginning of the show. We're talking about just data driven stuff like scientists research. There's a preconceived notion. Here's what we think will happen. He says you should always keep, that in there, but it should decrease the far the further you get along from day one to day ten to day one hundred to however long your study is or going right. or in this case games. There should I should always be in there because that there's a reason you had them high or low, but it should decrease as the way it goes along. So that makes more sense that oh the Mountain West may be different because Wyoming's really good. They weren't supposed to be good. Boise State's really good. Wasn't supposed to be all that good. It's it's more fun to say ESPN has the bias and hates the Mountain West because they're not carrying their games, and so we're going to punish them. That's more fun to talk about because people want to hear conspiracy and weird stuff. It's probably a couple things, but the outlier still is like again, it's still that's not the case. One hundred percent false. I will say it right here that just because you're not ESPN, you're not getting screwed. I can say that unequivocally because that's stupid to do. However. Should a broadcast company, media entity that brought, shows games, airs games, what he was saying earlier, if you follow college football, getting rid of him and bringing Mark Cristobal, you know what I'm getting at. But, but, but my main point, Andy, is should they be involved with this status for NCAA tournament? I say no. They should not be included. Is there a conflict of interest? Yes, that's what I'm getting at. Because, um, I know they don't host any state tournament games, but it is a bit – it's not a – like here's my thing too. More stats, more numbers is better, but there's that official team sheet that they're on there and see. But does, here's my point. Does ESPN have the best, best interest if, if Duke gets into a tournament? No, I don't I don't think they do. I don't think they have any interest in whoever gets an NCAA tournament. I don't think they do, do they? I mean, it helps. It helps next year, maybe. You know, if they if they get into the NCAA tournament, then there's probably a better chance that they're going to be good next year. Or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, 
I don't think they want to see, but again, like it's sort of like the Mo- Mountain West Wire, right? Where you cover every team. <laughs> so <laughs> you like what's good for one conference is going to be bad for another conference. So ESPN's like, we have 28 conferences out there, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. And, and to be, to be fair, I mean, I, I don't believe that Lucas's point to all of this was, you know, I, this was sort of something that was found. It wasn't like, Tongue that wasn't cheek. the, hi- yeah. it was, well, it wasn't the hypothesis. I mean, and it was even like replies afterwards that came out like, well, clearly yeah. what's the difference, you know? And then it's like, oh, well, what is, you know, look into it a little further, but I, Coincidence. I don't really necessarily, yeah, I don't really think that, again, that there's something in the algorithm that specifically accounts for that. Now, I will say this BPI explainer from ESPN says the altitude affects only a few teams, but it has been found to be predictive in those extreme cases. Which so, is lame. Like, what, what, like, what's so the that's point? an issue, I th- maybe. Yeah, what, it's their, I think it's back to like, what, like, again, human. Like we mentioned before, what what is important for my ranking? Altitude is, but it seems like they're punishing teams out of the altitude when everybody's altitude, so shouldn't it just negate it? But also, altitude is a piss poor and stupid thing to include. I think too. <laughs> yeah. Right. I what's mean, the point of having it? Like, what's the you're strange. an analytical guy? What's the reason to keep it in there? Why? Um. I I guess if they find that teams struggle there, you know, if they say, well, I'm saying, you know, if they're saying that we find it to be predictive, what they mean basically is, look, when we put this factor in there, the team we want to come out as the winner more often comes out as the winner more often. So we're keeping it in because it helps us. I mean, that's kind of what I hear. That makes sense. Like if you're. Pepperdine uh, and go to BYU if you're at zero C level to five thousand C level in Provo. It's like, yeah. Or if you're whatever, even here's even going from UNLV to Wyoming is like five thousand feet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean there's a and causation so like, correlation thing here. You know, is it just happening at high altitude? You know, are those wins happening at high altitude? Because a lot of the Mountain West wins plays at high altitude, and maybe Air Force, you know, sometimes is really good. Maybe they're sometimes not. You know, I I don't know. We use Air Force, I but like. Help. I don't know. I I don't see the point really of having a yeah, factor that only affects some teams and not uh well, depending on what that actually means. If they mean if what they mean by that is, you know, there's a threshold that a if you're above 200 elevation, you know, that's when it kicks in. That's one thing. If it's, you know, we just only applied it to the Mountain West. That's different. Yeah. Because you know? so, if you look at the teams, like it's yeah. the Mountain West, some of the WAC, a little bit Pac-12, and then the East Coast. Here's the Appalachian Mountains. They're not very high. It's like there's literally I, – I pulled that out of my – you know, No, it, it's up a little bit. But I'm just saying like 7,000 feet Wyoming, 5,000 Air Force, 6,000 here. It seems the percentage of teams that are at the altitude is so minuscule, relatively speaking, it's not even 10%. Like maybe even eight percent. You know what I mean? Where so I can't say you know what I mean, but my point being, the amount of teams it impacts, it, or or or, or I bet they're looking at this. And, well, it'll technically or theoretically could impact more teams because there's so few at altitude when they go there. But when you look at a conference play, how many games are automatically at altitude? How many? Like it's just it's just so niche. They're, they're putting too many things in there 
And it seems like there's something in the formula because maybe that's something to look at, an altitude issue. Because, but the Big East does have altitude, so it's like you're kind of you're doing my bit. Well, maybe the Appalachians at three thousand feet, that's the sea level. It's like the numbers aren't. ESPN just needs to maybe lock down their numbers more because. Well, let's wrap on this. If you look at a difference, like like on that chart Lucas has out on Twitter, what do you think is a fair difference in just pure numeric scale, like a margin of error essentially? Would ten spot would twenty spots be too many? Thirty five? Like, what do you think would be acceptable? Where I know all these rankings and efficiencies are different, but when it's a fifty point swing or or fifty numeric swing of what your ranking is. You know, I'm like, what do you think is like a fair yeah. number? Oh, that's, that's, um, like, that's I think I think a fair number would be one that doesn't pattern in one direction only. You know, the what you really want out of this is to have one team that's ten points higher and another team that's ten points lower and another team that's twenty points higher and another team that's you know ten twenty points lower and one team that's right on the money with you know the that they're, they're the same something like that. So I mean, that's what you want. You want variance. What we don't have in this these data. It is variance. We have bad, 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 right? So yeah. that's the problem. When when you start to see patterns like that, that's what you don't want to see. I don't know about a mark. You know, if the BPI was five spots lower, you know, because like that's Sager. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's. I'll even just say from the from the tweet that Lucas uh, put out, the original thing that kind of kicked this whole thing off, and and crack and cracked sidewalks. Uh, it's a Marquette blog. But they're, you know, they have a vested interest as a Big East, uh, you know, school. Um, mm-hmm. But they they put out a little bit more research on this as well. So if you're interested, listeners, um, find that cracked sidewalks is the name of the blog. Uh, but looking at this, I mean, uh, Sagarin is ten point ten ranks lower, but than Ken Palm, and you know, league wide, I I think that that's acceptable. That makes some sense. Maybe 20, 30, 20 30, would be two spots. Is 30, yeah. Well, I'd say maybe 20. At 20, I'd have my eyebrow raised, but it wouldn't be like, oh, that's just, it's, the, I, the, I would say 10 to 15 is good. 20 is where I'm starting to think about what's going on here. Right. Well, and it, it could be that ESPN, I, they're right. Else they're, wrong. Well, their, their, <laughs> their predictive model, I don't know what, you know, when they, do their preseason stuff. Let's see if they really got into this. So the preseason stuff consists of coaches' past performance, which I don't really see that being a factor here. Um, you know, not to this degree. Yeah. There were some coaching changes, but not that many, <laughs> right? Not and not with those five teams. Really. I mean, there's Ryan Odom for for Craig Smith, but yeah. that's it in those five. So. I don't, it can't really be that too much, I don't think, affecting them. Recruiting rankings. Now, this could be one of the places where a team like the Mountain West or the Patriot League or heck, even the Big East maybe might get dinged. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe current roster returning. So they look at, you know, returning minutes and, um, you know, the minutes is really what they're looking. They're not really so much even the skill of what's coming back, just the minutes. Uh, and and then they look at the skill of those people. So they look at those things separately. Let's wrap on this. Do you think those numbers, because they're included, like what do you think like the impact will be Mountain West? Because if, if I'm looking at stats and numbers and there's a big outlier, either good or bad, I kind of almost toss those out a little bit. 
You know what I mean? Like what? Like right, is it, right. are they going? Are people who are on the committee going to consider more? Oh, ESPN, they air all the games. They know what's going on. Like that's my concern too. If they're that low, relatively speaking, that oh, well, or, if the committee, I'm if the saying, committee, if the committee thinks that way, then whoever those not. committee members are should not be on the committee. That's bad. I don't. I. I would hope, hope that That's the whole picture will be here, right? It does suck, but I mean, yeah, so they'll have data that's sort of canceling each other, canceling itself out to some degree, yeah, rather point. than working in concert to show just how good this team really is. So you see, you know, 35 in Ken Palm and 70 in in the, the BPI, you're going to say, eh, they're probably around like 55 or whatever. But if or you see them you see 35, 35 in, in, 40, 40. Yeah. Right. Sorry, then you're like, oh, well, the same. we're going the same way. Yeah. Exactly. Then you're going to see that they are 35s across the board. You're going to think of them as the number 35 team. And they've got suddenly got a better chance maybe of showing up in your team sheet or, you know, in your, in your bracket. Um, I know some people when they're making their brackets, they will, you know, straight up average out those, those, those rankings. I don't know if that's what the selection committee does. Um, they might, they, they might wait one more than the other. They might not use them at all more than these guideposts, you know? Who, who knows? Um, we'll know more. Like, we should keep track of what Lucas is doing because, again, it could be just an anomaly. It's just a weird quirk in the system, but it all comes back to. Ooh, wait. Here's, here's, here's a fun reverse conspiracy theory. Ooh. Has, has, has CBS, the people who do run the tournament, uh, and have sure. the Mountain West. Did, are, are they paying Ken Palm and Sagarin to bump up the uh, the old rankings? Stop on their it. Ends? Stop I, it. Well, hey, I mean, I think that has just as much merit as ESPN no. put in an ESPN yeah. algorithm into no. their. Oh no, you're way off base. ESPN owns those things. CBS doesn't own Ken Palm. The other stuff. Not that we know of. Now you're way off there. Take your hat off. I'm I'm saying that I think that they're both wild conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's all. I don't think either of them is true. I really don't. I don't Ken Pomeroy, Jeff Sagarin, I'm not trying to besmirch your ethics. I'm trying to use your ethics as an illustration of the ridiculousness of another point. So oh, apologies. Ken Pom the show. I know. Please. Damn it. <laughs> I'm sorry. However, I should keep my I should keep my name quiet. He's coming to my radio program before I need to not spurch the good name. Of yeah, Christmas I suppose you, you you are you are in the same state, aren't you? You guys run in the same circles. You do. He's been on my radio station a handful of times, but we'll see. It's okay, Ken. I'm sorry. Hey, don't listen to Andy. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. It's the end of the podcast. I'm just rambling. I know we wrap it up here, so we'll keep an eye on what Lucas is doing because this is just. It's a fun thing to look at because we're, t- as you notice, we haven't talked too many games. It's more fun. Like I say, big picture stuff, a few games here, a few games there. Tournament's going to be freaking crazy and amazing. Um, I still say Forbid Mountain West. What's your, let's end on this one to 10. What's your confidence level Forbid Mountain West? Uh, six. I'm at a 6.7. Oh, well, you got me beat. Barely. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pessimist though. So. I think three is a good bet. The only reason four, I mean, not going up closer or higher, because like we mentioned, Fresno State could be in there. Or, but I'll end on this: Bryce Hamilton, they're plus thirty five hundred, man. <laughs> yeah. 
They sure and are. And he can score 45 points and beat somebody. And your point being, pay, just give Andy, you're like, just give me 10 bucks. I'll go to get a decent lunch instead of you giving it to some sports book. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can just go buy yourself lunch. I mean, I think that's a better that's investment that's too. But, uh. Um, good point. Yeah. I mean, hey, if you want to try to make some money off UNLV plus 3,500, those are good odds, man. I mean, throw it. Throw the dice. Like, roll the dice partly because, like, I'm, I'm, we're half kidding here. It's probably not a good thing to do, but it's 10 bucks. But Bryce Hamilton scored 47 points the other day. But then doing that three games in a row, not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're not, and, and he did, he did it crucially. He did it against Colorado State. It's not like he did it against one of the good defenses in the league, you know. Oh. Well, I'm just, he did, yeah, I mean, (laughs) if we want to compare it against the other good defenses in the league, yeah, they're what, sixth, fifth in, uh, in defensive efficiency, something like that? Yeah, so that, they're sixth. So they're behind SDSU, they're behind Boise State, they're behind Fresno State, they're behind Utah State, they're behind Wyoming. Um, yeah, so. BPI nonsense because it's really not a thing. It's just fun to look at because you know it's also good about Sandy going through all this is people understand what the tournament wants from these. More right. data is better, and I think yeah. the data is good to know because I, honestly, no joke, I didn't even know KPI was a thing before before this season. Well, there you go. No- and and honestly, oh. I think that something might be found in terms of you know every year it seems like we find out a little bit more and it informs. It actually informs things. I remember when the net first came out and people saw which teams were going up and which people teams were going down. People figured out that, hey, you get a lot of blow, you get a lot of blowouts in the early go. I mean, even before Colgate, I'm talking, you know, the first season after that, NC State is the one that really pops out to my mind. They scheduled like the worst non-conference schedule you could imagine. Just absolute nobodies and they just barreled through them for Three, you know, for three weeks or whatever it was, beat them by you know forty a pop, something like that, yeah. and they raised really high in the in the net because of it. And so what I mean is, people figure stuff out based on these kinds of things, finding out you know, looking into the numbers. So I I think that we won't find you know, I think we might find some correlation between uh, ESPN not ESPN stuff in in this data, <laughs> but I, I think we might also find. Hey, there's something the that BPI is looking at that Ken Palm does not look at and that Sagarin Which does is good not too. look at. And, and then the teams can start to factor that in to their decision-making as well, maybe. Who knows? I just, um, I just what discovered. those findings are, I don't know. But that's why we look at I things. I got it. We, we do research. We discover. Oh, you found it. Perfect. I'll end it on this because you're going, the altitude thing. Mountain West, play all your non-conference games in Texas and Florida. <laughs> there you go. Play them on a damn aircraft carrier. Yeah, in the zero. <laughs> zero. Zero, baby. Play them underwater. I don't know. Figure we'll, it out. <laughs> we'll end there because that's just – but it is good. Like there could be something different. Everybody tweaks their formula all the time. Like Bill C for ESPN, he changes stuff all the time for football. So and we'll I, get I, this late. That's fun. It's just – Or info's good. Make I make changes to the DPI myself. You know, my own rankings. I make changes when I find out that what I was doing was wrong. I'd be wrong not to. You know? Yeah, because maybe you talk to statistical masterminds or people who do numeric research. Like, hey, it's like the – again, I'll say really quick. I'll say <laughs> I keep preseason stuff in there longer and never remove it. It just gets less and less and less. 
And how much should recruiting rating go into this? Like from four years ago, that guy who's a freshman, now a senior, how much that class should really be included? So right. more you data make, is good. You just want to yeah. find the right data. Right. You make assumptions about what's important, and if you find out that those assumptions were wrong or they aren't quite as important or they're a little, you know, more or less, you need to prioritize them differently, things like that, you know, that's normal to find those things out in this process. But if there's some big outlier or there's some weird thing causing a big major wrench, that'd be worth – <laughs> no, I think. Uh, and so that's yeah. interesting. So, yeah. All right. All right. So wrap up there. MWR.com. We'll have our predictions. We'll have our, our buddy Larry did uh, bracketology stuff. But we'll keep an eye on this because it's just fun to talk about. And tournament's coming, Andy. Very excited. Oh, yeah. Watch it's all the games electric. Vegas, baby. Go to Vegas if you can. Yeah. So catapult yeah, we'll yourself you down time. there. Oh, we had to end on the catapult. All right. Yes, I will <laughs> catapult the whole conference. So we'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>